boy oh boy have I been waiting for this new series to drop and we're going to go over it right here on this episode thank you so much for clicking on Joe Blogs about films or, or TV rather this time round uh, this podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well as RSS.com if you shared it or whatever just, listen, just listening to it in general is great it's amazing so thank you so much but either way if you have shared it a massive massive thank you as I've just mentioned we are tackling TV once again different to what I usually do because I usually wait till the TV series is done and then kind of review the whole thing but last time I did it, I don't know, sometimes I found myself, I don't know, like not getting lost, but almost just worried I was going to forget something. So I thought, let's do it differently. Let's do a few episodes at a time. So this time round, we are focusing on the brand new series, Dexter New Blood. This is seeing the return of Michael C. Hall, uh, as well as the fantastic Jennifer Carpenter. But mainly Clyde Phillips, who did the original season of Dexter, the original showrunner. I think he did up to season four. And you can certainly tell after those guys stepped off that train that this train Whoa, did it go downhill because, yeah, Dexter seasons five to eight really, really were, well, a bit of a bumpy ride, let's be honest, shall, shall we say, because they really, really lost um, lost a lot of viewers, uh, their credibility, I would say, to an extent. Uh, it's a real shame because, like I say, seasons one to four of Dexter were excellent, fantastically excellent, and I've only just finished the original run. Since seeing the trailer for Dexter New Blood, I was like, I need to finish Dexter because the new season looks superb, and, and it has been superb, these first three episodes that we've seen so far that I'm going to go over anyways. So spoilers to an extent, like I'm not going to go over like all of it, like regurgitating in this scene and in this scene. I'm just going to go over what I think of the actual show itself so far. The plot points I'm really interested in and looking forward to uh, you know, seeing how they develop. Um, but let's just be honest, it's just great seeing Dexter. Just great seeing Dexter back, doing what he does best, eh? Uh, and this, to say, is, is just one of those TV series that's been top of my list to, to really, really catch up on. So that's why it's taken a little bit longer for me to get up to date with the latest season of Dexter, because I really want to finish seasons. I think I was up to season five, so I want to try and finish seasons six, seven, and eight. Obviously, if you've lived under a rock or if you're, you know, if you're a big fan of the TV world and such, just in general, you'll know how bad the ending of Dexter is. Even if you've never seen it, you will have heard people talk about it. Season 8's finale is absolutely horrendous. I knew it was bad. Like, I'd heard it was bad, but I wasn't expecting it to be as bad as it actually was. Like, I already knew, I, I had a feeling that, it, you know, with everything going off in that final season, there was so much to kind of wrap up so many characters getting so many different storylines i was just like well, why are you throwing all this stuff in in the last season the stuff to wrap up like sort it out boys um and it just obviously ultimately i knew that it would not end in a, a tied up fashion it was just a mess i say that final shot of dexter was horrendous but with bringing back the original showrunner Clyde Phillips, it's not as if like those guys have just gone, right, we're going to scrap it, we're going to leave it, we're going to just start again and pretend that that didn't happen and we're going to go off somewhere else or whatever. I mean, yes, they do that in the sense that they are doing something different. We're not in Miami anymore, which is obviously a little uh, little colder, little colder area that we're in. But they haven't kind of said, right, forget it, we're going to we're going to do something different because this is literally picking up where we last left Dexter. Obviously not exactly where we left him because this is still 10 years have passed since that you know, infamous finale, um, Lumberjacked. And yeah, so they have decided, right, we'll carry that story on. What What is Dexter going to get up to next? I know that the original showrunner, uh, Clyde Phillips, mentioned he had his own idea of how he wanted the show to end. So maybe we're going to see that come to fruition because it's so far so good. I mean, just to give you a bit of a background of Dexter, if you're not familiar with the character, Dexter was a blood splatter analysis for the Miami Metro, obviously did that by day, had a lovely family and cover really for his 
his other side of his life, you know, the dark side of his life, which is the fact that he is a serial killer. He's a serial killer who kills serial killers. He's got a code that's implemented into him, you know, very, very well, well put together code, I would say as well, and raised by his father who put this code in him. Um, his father, Harry, was a very, very big influence in understanding and establishing him as a killer. But, you know, since the last time we saw Dexter, it's been 10 years since he killed someone. So there's already kind of that dynamic there as well. And I must say that so far, as much as I have enjoyed the first three episodes, the first episode has been my favourite episode of Dexter since probably the final episode of season four. You know, that traumatic ending with Rita. Don't get me started, I'll start crying again. <laughs> she deserves so much better. Um, but still, you know, that first episode of re-establishing Dexter as a character in this fictional place, Iron Lake, you know, all his new relationships, his new identity that he's got, his new jobs, his surroundings, you know, it's all there for us. And it's just like you're seeing this character that you're really familiar with. You know, he's going under a new name of Jim Lindsay, which is a great little nod to the the author of the Dexter books, Jeff Lindsay, but he's going under that name as well. And it's just kind of seeing this character that you've known for so long, at least known his, you know, his demons or his dark side or whatever, just kind of playing, I don't know, like the nice guy in in this fictional town, like he's just another normal person where like you're waiting for it to snap though the whole way through you're thinking what's gonna what's gonna make this character snap because you know not only is he just kind of living in isolation he has got you know a new partner and stuff he's dating one of the police officers uh which again brings another kind of another dynamic to obviously what does follow because julia jones plays his love interest angela bishop and she's got her own kind of you know personal stuff going on as well with her daughter uh, audrey bishop played by johnny sequoia uh apologies if that's been mispronounced um and just kind of going on from there you know there's a lot of these moments where like you're watching this character obviously you're watching dexter you know interact and go around his daily business his, his usual you know kind of routine but something doesn't feel right you're like something feels off with this like it's too silent at times like it's you're watching it you're thinking i'm missing something here like people are talking to him there's his long pauses and you're thinking what what is it that's missing and then suddenly it clicks you're like this is in the monologues like they're not there like they're not there for the majority of that first episode but i did say to my fiance when i was watching it because my fiance is a massive dexter fan like if she's the reason i watched this whole series really she's a big fan and i equally now absolutely love the tv show like i say though up to seasons four um don't get me wrong, like, I don't mind a few of the other seasons. Season six in particular, I really much, you know, enjoyed the religious connotations of that and the apocalypse killer or whatever it was. I thought that it was okay, but it kind of got a little bit meh. Uh, and then seven and eight, uh, you could just kind of forget that, really. Just a little bit, like I say, very hit and miss. Um, but like I say, you're watching all the way through and you're thinking, what is going to get this character to snap? Like, what is going to get Dex to to come back as being Dexter. Because I say there's 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 none of this in the monologue. There's none of his dark... Pa- well, you know, his dark passenger is there, so his dark passenger is portrayed by, as I say, the fantastic Jennifer Carpenter, Deborah Morgan. Um, and having Deb as his dark passenger is such a fantastic decision. It could have been very easy for them to go, right, we'll bring back everyone, including his original dark passenger, which was his father, Harry, and we'll go it that route again. But by having Deb, I think that it, it's kind of... It, it brings the brings me as an, an audience member and as a viewer, sorry, that, that straight away that realisation of this is the reason why he's on his own. This is the reason why he's isolated himself away, why he turned his back on everyone because he's always known, or at least he feels anyways, that every person that he's ever loved or ever cared about have had some terrible consequence of his his desires his his need to kill and so deb as the dark passenger is a really really great like dynamic and and just another aspect to this character this complex character that is dexter morgan but really really if it wasn't for deb as well being that dark passenger 
it wouldn't I don't think it would wouldn't as crack as, as much really for Dexter because there's things that start to go into motion when you're thinking he could crack at any moment. There's some great moments as well of like where we see those like kind of flashes where it's all in his head and he's like taking someone out or bludgeoning them there and then it comes back and he's just nothing's happened. They're all like, You you still there, Dexter? Like there's those great moments that happen in the original the original run that are back in this and it's just it, all the way through this first episode, I was like, I waiting for that data passenger to come back. I was waiting for his inner monologues to say just to just to just be there because yeah, it felt really, just feel felt very empty. And I kind of it kind of summed up obviously that character as well because I think the need to kill has always been there. He's just done so well at faking it and not wanting, or at least that not uh, acting on his on his desire to kill. Just going to talk about the setting as well because we're in this fictional place known as Iron Lake. It was so kind of weirdly immersive at the weekend because when I started watching this, it was snowing in Sheffield, like a lot of snow where I'm based up north in Sheffield. Uh, and so to have this on at the same time was really, really kind of like hand in hand. It was quite nice in a way. The most cosy I felt watching a serial killer do his business anyways. But, you know, by having, you know, this this scenery in this setting... It's just, again, it's it's another character in itself because Miami is a character for the, the original run. You know, killers left, right and centre, new bodies being found here and there. Whereas this is just kind of like everyone's... It's a community, you know what I mean? Like Everyone's in everyone's business, everyone knows each other, which is why throwing someone like Dexter into this community and now he snaps it because at the end of the first episode he does kill someone. It's kind of like, how is he going to get away with this? And it's almost like kind of bringing back that whole season two aspect of the Bay Harbour Butcher and people trying to work out who it is and, and how it's all come to play in Miami. There's that kind of feel to it again but this time it's not like they're dealing with someone who was on top form because in season two like Dexter was like right people are on to me they they know there's a killer that's been dumping bodies in the Miami beach or whatever Miami sea you know they found it the lake or whatever um so therefore I need to do all these steps into the dirt to make sure it doesn't come back to me whereas in this time round yes he is still doing that because people are trying to find out what's happened to this missing kids uh this missing yeah this missing kid that Dexter has killed but at the same time this Dexter's not he, well he's rusty he's not on form like he has not killed someone in the last 10 years so there's mistakes he's made which I love that aspect of it as well you know finding dro drops of blood and trying to work out how that's happened this that and the other you know the improvisation that, that he's doing within this series as well is very very kind of like at times you're thinking oh my god how is he going to get away with this because like I say he's dating a police officer like she's on it as well and it's all community based so they're wanting to find out who's done it and why and also you know underlining there's, there's this underlying story thread of these missing girls as well which I'll come to in a second so there's a lot going off in this town and everyone's got a kind of a secret I think that's the main thing of this is that everyone's got something that not everyone knows about and Dexter's secret's pretty big let's be honest because if, if, if it was to come out that he was a massive serial killer I mean what would happen would he be going on the run again these are all the questions I'm asking these are the questions that I think that are brilliant to be asking and there's many more questions as well but the main thing is that how is Dexter going to get away with this who else is he going to kill why is he going to kill them you know what I mean and, and who is going to be the big bad because there is a big bad in this not just Dexter but there is a big bad in this village you know this village is, is it's a community base it's just a a very well warming, I say warm, it's full of snow, but you know what I mean, the, the, the heart of the community is the people, obviously, they're, they're all, you know, very well known to each other, and then you throw in these, like, out-of-towners that are coming in, that's where the first kill comes from, this out-of-towner comes in, they're all due to come around this time of year because it's festive, so all the Christmas, you know, Christmas is kicking off, and everyone's coming in from, from not, who aren't originally part of this, of this community, and so this, this kind of like, I will say, the, the character that Dexter does kill is an absolute douchebag, like, I was sat there saying to my fiance, I hope this guy goes, 
go soon because, boy, and this is the thing, it's not just a douchebag that Dexter kills, that's someone out of the blue. This is someone that he does find out deserves to be on Dexter's table. And that's the thing, the code is still there. He wouldn't just go out willy-nilly to kill someone. He's done really well not to kill someone. So seeing it snap at the end, and what I loved again about it, I've already mentioned that there's these moments of where Dexter's kind of staring into space and you're thinking, why does it feel so weird, this? Like, it feels a little bit off. It's his inner monologues that we're missing. We're not hearing him say those things. We're not hearing him make those jokes. We're not hearing him say... X, Y, and Z, or at least kind of, you know, just, you know, bring the audience in again. So it felt like we were kind of being pushed out. And that's the thing. That's why I enjoyed so much about the first episode, because it was definitely my favorite one of the bunch so far. Not to say that the rest aren't great, because it's been such a great return to form and such a great story so far. But it felt like that by pushing us out, he's not only pushing this to the audience from hearing his inner thoughts, but he's pushing out that dark passenger. He's pushing out that person that was making him do the things that he was doing. Granted, yes, Jennifer Carpenter's Deb is about to kind of keep that reminder because she is the biggest reminder of the people that who are hurt by him because she died, annoyingly died at the end of season eight, which shouldn't have happened. It was terrible, but still... Again, all of this has helped us get to where we are now with this Texas TV series. But she is there to be that reminder, especially when Harrison comes back as well, which I'll come to in a second. She's like, No, you don't need this. Like you will he will die, basically. You are you are the reason why everyone around you gets hurt. Stop it, kind of thing. So he's pushing it all away. And that's that's what I, I, I kind of liked is this weird because it felt very dexter and then it doesn't at the same time. And then as soon as he makes that first kill, bang, the inner voice is back. It's like, it's been a while. And you're like, oh my god, here we go. I knew it would come back, but it does it in such tremendous this fashion like the writing and such has been absolutely on form really for this season and everything's moving at such a great pace I'm so interested to see where it goes and obviously I've just mentioned Harrison as well but bringing Harrison back into it great little great little again dimension to this to this already complex situation that Dex is finally is having to juggle everything and everything you know he's trying to juggle his fake life obviously he's got Iron Lake his actual like I don't know, his true self, which is a serial killer, obviously, as well. And then now he's got his son back as well from his previous life. So there's a lot of things that this character now has got to juggle, and that's something that we've never seen Dexter do before. Obviously, yeah, we've had to see him juggle his whole life in the sense that, you know, he's a serial killer and he had a family while he was in Miami and such. But I don't think that the the stakes aren't as high as this because he's he spent so long trying to hide that past, trying to hide who he is and who he was, um, that suddenly throwing Harrison and everyone back into this is kind of like... If people were to find out, because obviously he's made this kill and he's probably going to go off and kill more, um, you know, the stakes to say have just not been not been high for him. Because what's he going to do? Is he going to run off again? Is he going to, I don't know, be arrested or even worse, is he going to die? Because that's the thing. Clyde Phillips has said that his original his original idea to end Dexter was that Dexter would get his like comeuppance or he would get like his... I don't know, like it would come back and people would find out who he was and he would be sentenced for that. So it could go down that route, but still, I do think there's more to Harrison as well. I think that obviously it was it was nice in a way to have Hannah mentioned as well because I was kind of thinking, is Hannah McKay going to pop back up again? But sadly, turns out that she passed away a couple of years ago before Harrison did make the decision to come find Dexter, passed away from cancer from what Harrison mentions. But is there more to that? There's a few theories online that think that Harrison is definitely like his dad, you know, like father, like son. He is going to be a serial killer. The reason why Dexter left him was he didn't want Harrison to become who he was but also to protect him um, you know even sent in the letter that to let him know and try and reach out should Harrison have any dark tendencies which straight away Harrison's like questioning and he gets quite like not upset but very emotionally invested into why Dexter was asking those questions and I think that we're already getting these hints that something's not quite right or at least they're very very similar people you know like there's a moment where he's like sees Dexter's blades on the table or at least like a, some form of some form of blade anyways and has like a pixie up stroke of it and whatnot and then you know there's this moment at school as well there's an altercation uh, with a student interaction uh, involving him having like I think it's like a fight and then he grabs this student by the throat 
who again someone that deserves it who wouldn't just go off and 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 attack a student for no for no reason this person has been kind of catfishing this other student who's obviously just they're doing it for a laugh and this this poor student is just like none none the wiser kind of thing and it's just it, it, like I say he grabs him by the throat and he's just so like kind of I don't know, it's like an attack almost. And it's really, really like aggressive from him. So I think that there are these moments and these tendencies that he does have that are very Dexter-esque. And so I'm interested to see what what Harrison, if Harrison's got any more secrets, any more skeletons in the closet. Again, it's just shaping up to be a very, very nice. And and, and again, something that they've that this series is doing so much better than especially the last few of Dexter is that everyone has got, yes, they have their, their plot points and their, their threads that are going through this, but it doesn't feel like there's too much going off. And that's my biggest problem with season eight in particular was that there's so much going off um, that there's literally, there was no way they were going to be able to get a, a perfect ending. But I will say so far, it's been extremely, extremely gripping to watch. Um, in particular, say some of the shots that they're getting and the camera, like I said, the camera angles and such. And the, the music as well, the music choice in this uh, TV series has been absolutely fantastic. Like so, so many great bangers, <laughs> like some really, really excellent and great use of, of song choices lyrically as well to kind of reflect and represent characters in this. So I will, yeah, give a massive tick for that as well. My only real concerns with the series are evolving around the Harrison storyline. Not a lot, but just just a, just a smidge of concern as to where that could, uh, or at least how that's going to play out, that it could get a bit... I don't know, like teen dramery. Um, obviously, there's the relationships that is is you know created and, and befriended. Audrey Bishop, that's the daughter of Angela Bishop, Dexter's uh, Dexter's partner's daughter. Um, it's just the other characters around them, and and like I said, I'm enjoying the relationship and the characteristics between Audrey and Harrison. But it's just the other people that are in it. I just sometimes I was like, mm, it's a bit borderline. It's not as bad. I mean, because Riverdale for me is not my thing, but I just don't want it to become like that. And I do obviously suspect that a lot of Harrison's storyline will revolve not only around him trying to, you know, build that relationship with Dexter, but also exist along these other characters as well in Iron Lake. So I think more is to come with those characters. But as I say, I just hope it doesn't become a bit too teen drama. But that's the only real concern I've got, which again, probably shows my age if if I'm being honest. But yeah, still good though. Uh, but other, th- other than that, I say in this series, in this very small town, there is a killer amongst this town that's targeting women. For whatever reason, women are waking up in this, like, aband- not an abandoned room, but this kind of, like, hotel room, or at least a, a room in a house, and it's locked, there's no doors to get out. As soon as they are let out, they go, they try to flee, and then the guy with a sniper just shoots them. He's got a big mask on, um, like a white mask, because so you can't see his face. I'm kind of thinking it's leaning towards the fact that it could be the father of Matt Caldwell. Matt Caldwell is these is these uh, person that Dexter has killed and chopped up and whatnot. Um, his father is portrayed by Clancy Brown, great actor as well. He's playing Kurt Caldwell. I have a suspicion. I have like a very high suspicion this is the chap that's going to be the killer. It's going to be interesting to see how this killer, whoever it is, and Dexter Morgan kind of coexist in this town, and whether it's going to be a case of cat and mouse again, a bit like the Trinity Killer. If we can bring something as big as and as epic as that back, it'll be very, very good. But again, I don't know what Dexter's got to lose other than Harrison. So it's going to be interesting to see how this, just how it's all going to unfold. I, I guess you could say that obviously the the actual police officer that he's dating, Angela Bishop, as well, she may be a target as well for this killer, but. He does seem that this killer is targeting women, I don't know, like, I don't know, just, just random girls. There's no, like, kind of def- definitive target. Maybe maybe Angela's daughter, adopted daughter, that is. Audrey Bishop could be a could be a target. Johnny, Johnny Sequoia, she's, she's kind of 
tackling the rich folk who, who are the out of towners that are coming in, you know, the climate change and this that, and the other, and already getting um, kind of on the nerves of Edward Olsen, I believe it is. He's one of the uh, one of the out of towners, these rich rich folk that have that have turned up in Iron Lake. So there's a lot of a lot of things, a lot of a lot of stuffs going off in this TV series. But the main thing is, is that Dexter is back, and it is back with an absolute bang. I've very much been enjoying this series so far. I hope people as well have watched the first three episodes. Anyways, have been really really enjoying it as much as I have because, like I say, I am fairly new. I say I'm fairly new to finishing Dexter, but I was a fan of those first four seasons when I did watch them originally. Really did invest me. The opening title sequence of Dexter in its original run is by far probably for me. It's like X Files is the best opening theme, and then Dexter is definitely second. It is absolutely fantastic. So just to see all these characters again, like I love, I'm really enjoying seeing Michael C. Hall. It's like no time has passed really. I know it's been a, a good number of years since he last played Dexter, but also as a character as well, it's just great having him back on TV and Michael C. Hall yet again doing a fantastic job with his performance. As to Jennifer Carpenter, who always outacted pretty much everyone in the original run, anyways, like she's so good and Tavares the Dark Passenger I think is just another great big tick but there's again so many different plot points going off that I am so excited to see what's going on and see where it goes next is Dexter going to get away with all this is he going to start killing again who's his next target what's the deal with Harrison like is he is he as what he's cracked up to be is he's definitely just this innocent young boy that was left by his father or does he have dark tendencies himself who's the killer who is this killer who's targeting women and sniping them down because that's going to be where i think this series is going to really really drive towards this kind of like you know head to head between dexter one one side one serial killer and then this uh, mass man on the other who knows but i am all for it i'm asking the right questions the viewers and audience we're all sat here waiting for the next episode which is the main thing we're not sat here going why god why is this happening which i spent a lot of the time in season eight doing but dexter is back make sure you check it out i say do watch the original run as well if you haven't already it's so so good one to four anyways it's just absolute blast to have Michael C. Hall back as his character. I'm looking forward to doing the next part of these episodes. I'll try and do them like every three or four episodes or something just to kind of try and remember as much as it's gone off without spoiling it too much. But I will say that the first three episodes of Dexter, seeing him juggle this life, his fake life, his new life and everything in between has been super, super, super good to watch. But this has been another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you, as always. I will be back talking about films, but before you know it, don't worry. The snow at the weekend did throw in a few curveballs in there, so hopefully when that's cleared up, I'll be able to, uh, yeah, review a few more films on this old podcast. But as usual, make sure you hit the notification button on Spotify, Apple, etc., so you are notified when episodes do go online. And thank you again, as always, for sharing, clicking, playing. It is so, so appreciated. Until next time, though, take care. (laughs) 